Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the GW Show Fantasy Football Edition. Uh, this is week two of the segment. I am your host, Marcus Weisner, and with me always, the wonderful co-host, the man himself, Mr. Dan Gonzalez. What's going on, man? How are you doing today? What's going on, my brother? Yes, we are back, and we kind of like flip-flopped a little bit here. We, uh, we did a super late recording on Monday and a very early recording this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, man. It's actually daylight outside. Like, I got off early. Dan was working from the house today. My kids are in daycare. I was like, you know what? Let's go ahead and get this all out of the way. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's, let's, let's have the energy and put in this episode before we're not, like, dead and exhausted here in, like, six hours. Yeah, so right. We want to definitely do this, especially because today's episode, guys, we are talking about running backs. Probably the most pivotal position in all of fantasy football. Like, this position here makes or, will make or break you, um, especially because um, no matter if you're doing PPR, standard, or any type of format, uh, let's just say the running backs are very thin. Um, obviously, there's only 32 starters in the NFL for running backs, but then you've got a couple of teams that use that uses, uh, some for passing purposes. You've got teams that use a higher depth chart, and you've got some teams that use a three-down bell cow. So realistically, you've got about 40 running backs to choose from, whereas like wide receivers, there's teams that have two to three solid on each team. Like, for example, you know, the Bengals obviously have, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Or you got, you know, the Bucks, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, We'll even include Julio Jones in this conversation just because we know Julio's capability when he's healthy for his three games a year. Um, yeah. But the wide receiver position is expendable, and it's also a position where you can find a huge t- – you, you have a chance to grab, like, really talented guys later on, but we'll talk about that in our sleeper – or, like, our other episodes and whatnot. Uh, but today, obviously, this is running backs. Um Dan, I tell you, man, this is uh, this year. Drafting running backs in the last few years, this is probably one of the years where I do second guess myself on all of them, um, and I say that because every one of these top tier running backs that you see on the list, as far as drafting, all of them do have something to be weary about. I mean, do you agree or disagree on that? Yeah, I mean, this is a um, this is one of those years where um, uh, running backs are thin. You know, we've had a few years where the running backs are actually pretty deep, where you can like snag a really good one in the third round. But I think this is one of those years where first two rounds, you better either have filled out your running back core or you have one that's very solidified and then maybe your second running back can just be like a, a reception kind of guy. Um, you know, I always, <laughs> before we got on the air, to share with the viewers, you know, me and Marcus are talking about, and Marcus brought the point that some teams use numerous running backs, and we are talking about how the Seattle Seahawks basically use like all five that they have on their roster. Um so, you know, you know, you have to – drafting running backs, you have to do your research. You have to make sure that, you know, said running back is the majority 
ball carrier that he's going to see most of the field. Um, you know, last year, you know, for instance, I drafted Ezekiel Elliott fourth overall. And unbeknownst to me, they decide that Tony Pollard is going to see way more of the field. Um, but luckily, I also drafted Joe Mixon in the second round. So Joe Mixon was the primary ball handler for the Bengals, and he ended up carrying my running back court for the entire season. <laughs> And I will say, obviously, because when I did a fantasy football podcast last year, um, probably nobody really listened to that. That obviously listened to this episode. I mean, if you do, hey, then you obviously know what I'm talking about. I absolutely was a do not draft Joe Mixon. And I shot myself in the foot from that big time. Um, still don't know if I'm sold again on Joe Mixon. But and the reason I say that is because is – I mean, there's too many mouths to feed. You know, the the main purpose of that offense is going to be through Joe Burrow. I wasn't sure what was going to happen with that offense last year. I really wasn't, considering the O-line was brutal to watch. It was awful. Um, but they did progressively. They got a lot better. Yeah, but, again, we'll see how that goes. However, um, Again, there are – I mean, I, I just even have, like, the rankings pulled – like, I have rankings pulled up of, you know, the top running backs here. And even on the list I'm looking at, Dan, every single one except two that I can look at, every one of them has a question mark by their name. Every one of them. So my thing is, is at what point in your draft – at what point do you go, you know what, I'm not going to take a running back with my first pick. I'm going to pick a wide receiver. Um, personally, to me, I think if you are at, if you're one through four, you take a running back. At the from, If you're the fifth overall pick, you take a wide receiver. You take Cooper Cup at the fifth spot. I can agree to that because if I'm looking at my um... – you might be able to – I don't know. I would say I would say if you're at pick four, you might take a flyer on a wide receiver. Like you're going to – at four or five, I would not mind taking a flyer on Cooper Cup and or, you know, Justin Jefferson with the, you know, four and five. Yeah. Um, because uh, there's one running back in my top four rankings for running back that I would probably see – Maybe, I don't know. I, I would I would have Cooper Cup and um, Justin Jefferson ranked ahead of him. And I'll, I'll, we'll explain who it is when we get through our rankings. I, I don't know your ranking. Just a disclosure, I've never heard of it, but I'm pretty sure I have a good feeling of who it is. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, um, so let's, I mean, we can go ahead and get started. Um. Do you want to go from the, the, the number – you want to go from top ADP or top value down, or do you want to go from, like, lower up to number one? Um, no, we can start with um, – we can start with, like, up, you know, up top and then work our way down. Okay, so obviously – See if we can get, like, some um, golden gems. Right, okay. So, obviously, the rank for – is obviously, again, just a disclosure. All of our rankings and everything is 10-team PPR format. So when we do like ADPs, you know, our rankings and things like that, that is the format for it. 
you know, obviously if you do 12 team, maybe adjust it accordingly a little later or earlier, depending on your scoring format, but 10 team normal PPR. Yep. But obviously to lead the top of the order on this is none other than Jonathan Taylor, uh, running back from the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, Dan, um, this is one of my question marks too. Really? I mean, okay. Jonathan Taylor came through, came into the league, right? You know, obviously his first year, a little bit, a little bit of a mixture, right? It was, you know, obviously him, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines. You know, obviously at the end of the season, Jonathan Taylor kind of took the took the bell cow role, a couple games, things like that. Kind of expected. His first full season as a starter. I mean, he had like what? It was about like 400 plus touches, right? I mean, it was an absurd amount. I don't know exactly how many how many touches he exactly had, but we're talking about we're talking about a guy who already so, previously. So I have that number. I okay. have that number pulled up. Okay, what is it? He had between rushing attempts and receptions, mm-hmm. 372 touches. Okay. Yeah. No, so you, you ballparked it. You're, you're right there, more or less. Yeah. So, and then on top of that, man, I mean, you can kind of use this number if you want. I mean, take it how you want with it. But Jonathan Taylor also had 900 carries in college. So, in the last three seasons, essentially, he's had almost 1,400 carries of the ball. Stud. That's a, I mean, that's a lot <laughs> of wear and tear already on a player. Now, could he replicate these numbers? Possible, but think of who the quarterback was last year. It was Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan are two totally different quarterbacks. Matt Ryan's never had a running back that was essentially like that guy. He's never had a three-down back. His best running back that he had was Devontae Freeman. I mean, he was. Devontae Freeman was a was a was a solid like pass catching back. I mean, solid in PPR format. I believe that his highest point he finished like RB. I think I saw it today. It was like RB twelve. Um, in PPR. Uh, I don't see him. Repl- I don't see them replicating that. I think that his numbers are going to come back a little bit just to be on the safe side. Um. There's been also also been a lot of reports with Michael Pittman accelerating and having a really good chemistry with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan likes to sling the ball when he can. This is a this is a a division that is going to let Matt Ryan have some fun. Now, obviously, do I th- I think that JT might it should be RB five at least RB five and above. He could, but drafting him number. I mean, obviously. It rarely happens that somebody goes back to back as the, as the RB one for the year. It, I don't think it's ever happened. So that's why I say it's kind of I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I hardly ever see it work out. So just kind of be cautious with that. Even though that obviously he's he's the guy to draft here. Yeah, I mean honestly, if I have the first overall pick, he's. You know, he's the one. I'm not <laughs> – there's no um, turning away from it. Um, is, it is he going to replicate his numbers? No. You know what I mean? He 
he rushed for 1,800 yards last year. I think you'll you'll see a slight dip, but not like something like worth concerning. Like when I say slight dip, i will probably be saying like maybe he'll be in a 1,600-yard range, which is still a, an immaculate season. He's, he's projected um, to go around like 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns. Yeah, so like last year he did 1,800 yards and um, 18 touchdowns. So Yeah. Like I said, I mean, that – I wouldn't even consider that a slight different production. I would just say it still puts you in that elite class of running back. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear your concern. Uh, obviously, you know, the running back shelf life is, I think it's average now. I think it's like 28, 29 years old. You already start seeing a different production, which is crazy. Yeah. To think like that's like these guys have no shelf life whatsoever. Like mm-hmm. you usually, you usually get them for like a good four or five years and then you guys start scrambling to find another running back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, like I said, ultimately that is the uh, that's the presumptive number one overall pick. Uh, I did a mock draft today. I did two actually, and um, both first picks overall were uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, even when I did like some mocks too, like I didn't even have the number one pick. But I feel like even with the auto draft, like whoever was the first, like the quote unquote CPU drafting first was clicking the shit out of that mouse button to get Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I mean, he is the presumptuous number one pick. I'm just saying it's it's hard for a guy who was the number who was the RB one in fantasy football last year to repeat. Uh, again, I don't think that's ever happened before. Back to back years of someone repeating as an RB one. And you could keep that in mind. You could overthink it. I I just don't. Th- I think that his production might dip a little bit. But, I mean, if you're talking about, like, what I'm saying, if he's RB5, I mean, drafting number one to RB5 is still not – that's a destruction. Yeah, it's not like – yeah, it's I not going to ruin – I still think he's going to finish his RB1 this year, if that makes sense. No, completely understand. Um, so, my number two, and I assume he might be your number two. I have Christian McCaffrey at number two. Yeah, he would be number one if he hasn't been hurt the last couple of seasons. Yeah, um, I was tied between him and um, Austin Eckler for my number two spot. Okay. Um, because Eckler, as a running back, is a PPR machine, yes. but so is so is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, uh, my questions for McCaffrey are the same as everyone else's. Does he stay fully healthy? And uh, reports today he got into a little scrum in practice today with. Uh, with one of the New England Patriots defensive linemen. Yeah. And, you know, anytime you hear something that you don't want to hear about McCaffrey, you're kind of, like, shaking a little bit. Because, you know, God forbid he got into that scrum, and, you know, like I said, we know he's not the healthiest guy when it comes the last two seasons. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm probably – I'm assuming that is, like, your question around McCaffrey. Like, can he say can – can he at least give me 14 to 16 games this year? Now, does having Baker Mayfield behind center impact his fantasy value overall at all? Not really, because you saw Nick Chubb has always been kind of teetering in that like top five running back range. So yeah, but uh, I, but but I would Chubb, probably Nick say. Chubb and Christian McCaffrey are a hundred eighty degree difference as far as running back. Like Nick Chubb is that power back, runs through the tackles. McCaffrey is basically a slot receiver playing behind center, like behind or behind the quarterback. Yeah, but at the same time, too, I don't think that's going to change. And I think they, I think him and Sam Darnold know that this offense really, truly runs yeah. through 
Christian McCaffrey. Right. And I'm pretty sure head coach Matt Rule has, you know, kind of stressed it a little bit. You know, guys, you know, we have we have one of the best running backs in the game behind you. You just have to. It may it may take it may take the pressure off of them too. Yeah, that's true. So, um, I said that's that's my number two guy. Um, and obviously you you agreed. Yeah, I agree. Any uh, what's your thing? Um, I I think that uh, the biggest. I mean, obviously Christian McCaffrey is the guy that if you draft. If you draft him at number two, now I'm sure there could be guys that could draft him at number one overall, which, I mean, you have to proceed with caution with that. Um, just understand that even if you draft him at number two, there is a chance that if he does get hurt again, um, I mean, drafting a guy at that high of a caliber position can impact your season. So if you are drafting CMC, make sure you get additional depth at running back maybe go running back, running back, running back, just to ensure you have everything that you need in the event he's hurt. Um, yeah, because in that scenario, it's a win-win for you because you have three running backs, you chuck one of them in the flex. Yeah, exactly. So it's always good to have depth there with that. Um, but uh, my number three running back on my rankings is Austin Eckler. Um, I honestly believe Austin Eckler has the, to me, has the best opportunity to finish RB1 at the end of the year for PPR. This is my guy I'm drafting. 100%. Um, he's in an offense that, I mean, I believe, I could be wrong here. I did see this, and I, I might be off just a little bit. Uh, but every year since he's pretty much taken the role over Melvin Gordon, he has finished above RB7 every single season. And that is, I mean, that's not, that's not like RB1 or anything like that. It's RB7, basically top 10. And that value just has been extremely consistent. He's, he's, he's a red zone machine. And I, I am all aboard the Eckler train. Um, there is a possibility for me personally. If I have the first pick, I'm taking Austin Eckler here. So, that, that, I mean, if we are in a league together, Dan, and if you have the number one pick, or if I have the number one pick, just know I'm probably taking Austin Eckler, so. Well, we are in a league together this well, year. Yeah, we are. I'm just saying, like, if I if there's a, one, a number one, number two, and, like, you take Austin Eckler, obviously, and I'm number two, I'll take JT, but if you're number two and I'm number one, there's a chance I'm taking Austin Eckler. I, I just I feel very comfortable with Austin Eckler this year. Like there's that team and that offense is ready to just score as many points possible as they is humanly possible essentially, and they have to do it against an absolutely loaded division. And Austin Eckler, there's I mean Isaiah Spiller might contest for some carries here and there, but I don't think it's really going to matter as far as the three down back ability that Eckler has. What do you think? Um, I agree because I have the same ranking too. I have Eckler at number three. Um, he's like, he's a PPR God. Like if this, if you had to define the best PPR player, he's up there along with a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Like those right. are the one, two guys in PPR 
Um, not so much Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is more of like the downhill runner, but he could catch if he needs to. But yeah, um, yeah. Um, Austin Eckler, I uh, one of my one of my first round picks. He actually fell to me at four. I was able to take uh, Austin Eckler at four. Actually, someone um, was stupid enough to take Patrick Mahomes second overall. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Um. But yeah, no, I, I am one hundred percent in agreement. This is the guy. He, I, I would actually not be surprised if he finished as RB one when it's all said and done this year for fantasy football. That offense that like, we we we've been hyping up the Chargers this entire offseason, and we didn't really talk about Eckler. We talked about more Herbert, the defense. And obviously, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Obviously, you know, today, you know, it's Charger topic. You know, Derwin James just got that massive extension now. So, they the defense is locked Pretty in. Pretty much solidified. Yeah. Um, well, I'm pretty sure Derwin James still owes um, Mount Sinai Hospital some money. So That's also true. This, 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 is, this is only going to help him. <laughs> just kidding. <Right. laughs> um, he contributes yearly to him. So. Yeah, exactly. They're going to have a wing in a few years named after him. Right, yeah. He's going to have a whole wing, yeah, wing after <laughs> the Derwin James Foundation. That's Oh, you mean Room 206 where he was in for 16 seasons. Oh, torn Achilles? Yep. You're going to the Derwin James Hall. <laughs> oh, God. Jeez, um, we're awful people. <laughs> so, number four, um, th- this yeah, not one much- might be different from you. Uh, number four, I'll let you kind of start with who you think is number four. It might be different from mine, but we'll see. Um, number four, I went with Derrick Henry. Okay. I just think he's the he's the you know the sexy pick, you know, because the last two years he's he's carried teams to win their championships. Um, you know, shout out to him. But after he got hurt, I went on an undefeated streak and I won my league without him. So, yeah. um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, like I said, the presumptive, you know, he was the number one. I was he RB one last year. When, no, two years ago he was RB one, right? When he did like two, when he um he ran for like two thousand yards or something like that. Yes, uh, he finished with the most yards, and he actually finished the season last year. Even though I think he missed, was it nine games? He still finished top ten in rushing yards. Yeah, and he was going to win the rushing title if he didn't get hurt. So, um, we could pencil him in honestly as you know top three. Um, in terms of PPR, none. It's not. It's not. It's really nothing at all. He gets no little to no receptions. He is the. We're gonna give. We're gonna hand him the ball out of the backfield, and we're gonna watch them carry three defenders with them for twenty five yards. Um, if he's there, if he's there at four, you have to take him. But if he's there at four, this is where I told you, Marcus. At four, I'm not taking him if he's there. And if, if those three running backs are off the board that we just named at four, I start grabbing my wide receiver. I'm not touching Derrick Henry. Um, at the same time, too, he is back from a serious injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to alleviate him a little bit. They're going to start they, – uh, they drafted uh, Hassan Haskins from Michigan. Yeah. I think we'll see a lot of Hassan Haskins this year as well. Uh, we're going to see a little – I think this is the year we're going to start seeing a little production dip from Derrick Henry. I'm not saying it's going to be massive or scary or cause for alarm for Tennessee Titans fans, 
But I do think that we're going to see a dip in production only because I think they're going to take carries away from him. So, like I said to start off the show, this is probably, if I'm picking fourth overall and Henry's on the board and Eklund McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor are off the board, I'm, at that point, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, okay, am I getting Cooper Cup or am I getting Justin Jefferson? Like, I need to make my decision. Right. No, I, to- I think I totally am agreeing with you. Um, number four is also Derrick Henry for me. Uh, I could, like I said, PPR value. PPR-wise, it's pretty much non-existent. Um, but just the share, value, the share overall value and the workload that he gets, um, it offsets tremendously. Again, do they take some of that workload off of him? I mean, then because you know they 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 just turned around. They they got Robert Woods. They got uh, they picked up Burks in the draft, obviously from the trade with AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. I I don't. And the thing is, I don't know what they're going to do with Ryan Tannehill because the thing is, is um, you know Malik Willis is right there, man. Uh, I don't think. Uh, there could be a possibility of a quarterback change this season. We're not really sure on that. Um, Tannehill, I'm sure on that. Tannehill is a fantastic play-action quarterback. Um, oh, but the thing is, too, is what style are they going to run? I think at the end of the day, it's still going to be carried behind Derrick Henry, but if they do this back-to-back seasons and let's say Derrick Henry gets hurt, um, they're in trouble at that point. They're going to have to pretty much revitalize their entire scheme their offense everything that they're that they're known about yeah like, don't get me wrong i'm not going to sit here and tell you that don't draft this man yeah but you know like i said once again first i um move with caution yep. on this one mm-hmm. not a bad one either but you know i would kind of maybe not be so like jumping at the bit to sign or draft um derrick henry yeah, it just depends on where you get him at. It's really all it is. Is it's just all about the the four spot is really tricky for me. It's it really is uh, because, like you said, that could be a spot where you can go grab Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, or you grab that fourth running back because you know at the turn the running back options drop heavily, and at the end of the day. It's all about, you know, longevity, stability, and high ceiling. Like, if you draft a guy fourth overall, you have to know that this man is going to get you 20 points in a sleep every week. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry about that. All right, well, number what, five. What, am I boring you? <laughs> number five. <laughs> You hear that? People, Marcus yawning. I guess I'm boring him here. Sorry, it, it just, yeah, man, I, I did not mean to yawn like that. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So number five on my list, um, I'm obviously I'm gonna go Dalvin Cook. Um, pretty much after, I mean, obviously when you're uh, Dalvin Cook went healthy, that's the key word, went healthy, in a PPR format, pretty much is lights out, lights out. Top three every single week, you know, balls out. But the problem is, it's about week 12, week 13, he's hurt. He gets hurt yep. when you need him the most, which is in the fantasy football playoffs. And 
I have drafted Dalvin Cook a couple of years now, and I've pretty much gotten to learn that if you draft Dalvin Cook, you're going to have to reach for Alexander Madison every single time. <laughs> and I did. And by doing that, every time that Dalvin Cook was hurt and Alexander Madison was in, Alexander Madison never scored anything less than 19 points a game. And I'm like, all right, at some point there has to be a running back competition, right? No, not really. It hasn't started. As far as I know, that's not going to happen. And there hasn't been any word of Madison being traded. So if you draft Dalvin Cook to make yourself feel better as an owner, always draft the backup, which is Alexander Madison. You reach draft him in the ninth, tenth round, and guess what? You will feel better as a as a owning him on the roster. Yeah, and you don't have to really worry about running through the um, the waiver wire trying to you know, scramble at somebody. Because you know it's going to happen. Like, every year I think he has – I think he, the most games he's played is 14 a, game, 14 a year. It's going to happen. It is the, the Dalvin Cook thing. That's Other than that, he would be top three. I think if his injury history – was great, or like, you know, he had, he didn't miss any games. He was healthy. Dalvin Cook every year would be one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, this is just health. I don't know what it is, man. If he missed like week one or two, like that's fine. Like I could deal with that. Or like let's say like week six or seven. But if it's like week 12, 13, 14, like when you're in the postseason type vibe, uh, no sir. But uh, um, I'm actually different from you. I'm actually different from you. Okay. I took um, I took I put Najee at five. Okay. Um, it, it, it's it's they're legitimately neck and neck. Uh, you know, full disclosure, Dalvin's right behind him at six. Okay. Um, I think the injury history is what made me move Dalvin a little bit lower on the list. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, too, is there's less tread on the tires per se on Najee Harris. Um, so I, you know, when you factor both of those things in and obviously, you know, the reports are coming out saying that Najee's going to see maybe 10 to 15% less of his hand, of his targets from last year. At the same time, too, as like you mentioned, Alexander Madison is right behind Dalvin Cook and this year they may be managing Dalvin Cook differently to avoid injury. So you, you may see Alexander Madison a lot more on the field this year. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison versus, uh, uh, Najee Harris and Benny Snow Jr. I'm going to take the Najee Harris, you know, completely outworking Benny Snow Jr. to Dalvin and Madison. And Madison may be like a Tony Pollard-esque type player for the Vikings this year where he's going to see the field a lot more often. Mm-hmm. And that's going to piss off a lot of fantasy owners. So I kind of moved Dalvin Cook a little bit out to the top five. No disrespect to him. Go FSU. But the injury history... And now, you know, now we saw the emergence of Alexander Madison. They're going to try to get him in the game a little bit more. Yeah. Shy away a little. Now, I wasn't shy away from Dalvin Cook, but, like, you know, just know what you're signing up for. Right. And there's also, obviously, know what you're signing up for with Najee Harris, too, because of the fact of the matter is, is there have been reports of them taking a little bit of workload off in Pittsburgh, new offensive scheme in Pittsburgh, Mitch Trubisky under center. The offensive line is a little weakened. Strength of schedule is 
not very favorable for running backs this season. Um, I believe that they're actually ranked like 21st or 22nd as far as uh, rankings go. But that doesn't really matter when Najee Harris is a really good PPR back. You know, he does catch a lot of screens. Um, he is pretty much – he's going to be the guy in the red zone. Um, I think it, Najee Harris is a guy that could be a safe pick at like the 110-2-1 type of area. Someone that you know that right before the, the massive drop hits and running backs, you could get a potential three-down workhorse. I mean, they're obviously, if they do take the workload off, there is a possibility he could have some snaps off. So when you're yelling, talking about, why did they take Najee Harris out? Just know, like, hey, man, there's 17 games. Like, you're going to have to relax a little bit. They're good. Yeah, if you can get Najee, if you can get Najee at 2-1, that's a steal. Tremendous value pick if you can get him so it, 2 so 1, you know, if for. I have, if I have the 110 2 1, I should draft somebody else at 110 and then draft Najee at 2 1, just to say I, I drafted Najee Harris in the second round. Even 110, <laughs> I'll say, honestly, it's a steal. <laughs> oh, man. It, that's, tremendous, that's tremendous value. If yeah. you can get Najee at the back end of the first, early second. I, that's true. That's that's value at that point. You know, at same time too. You know, for guys, you know, for everyone who's listening to this, if there's a decent running back sitting, especially in that two five two six range, just grab him. That's just that's value at that end. And you might be able to dangle him out there for for trade, and you might get a bigger haul in return that can only push you further into the season as well. So I I actually have somebody at the sixth spot that is above Najee Harris here. Um. My numbers, my number six, because obviously your number six is Dalvin Cook, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my number six is DeAndre Swift. Uh, so DeAndre Swift right now, there has been a lot of love out of the, out of the Lions camp. A lot of love, obviously, in Hard Knocks for DeAndre Swift. By the way, did you watch the episode today? I have to go on after we're out of here. I'm gonna. I actually have not even started Hard Knocks, and I told myself that when I'm done cooking my dinner. I'm gonna put it on while I eat. Ah, okay. I watched it this morning while I was. I heard. I heard it's been really. I heard it's been really good. Yeah, man. Fantastic. Second episode came out today. Definitely watch it on HBO. Um, lot of love out of DeAndre I need, Swift this I, year. Yeah, I need the explanation here because DeAndre Swift I actually have him very far on my list. So DeAndre Swift right now obviously has in has increased pretty heavily. Obviously, his first season with Detroit. Um. He had 186 points for PPR. Second season, 207 points. Um, increased his rece- re- receiving targets from 57 to 78. Uh, right now, the projections out of camp is they are t- looking to target DeAndre Swift of 100 to 110 plus on the receiving side. Um, PPR-wise, hey, target my man all day. Um, Rushing-wise, there's really nobody that's going to compete with him He's pretty much the three-down back in Detroit. Yes, we are talking Detroit, right? But at the off, on the opposite side of this, too, or not the opposite side, Detroit has a top-five overall offensive line. And I believe that they are ranked fourth in, uh, in rush, uh, rushing. So by having those numbers, I mean, again, somebody has to catch the ball. Somebody has to carry the ball. Somebody has to do the workload in that offense. DeAndre Swift could be the guy that if you're drafting him at that 110-2-1, who very well could, not saying will, could finish top top three or four in the running backs this year. 
And there's actually some people that I've seen or some reports that said that they believe that DeAndre Swift could even compete for RB1 this year. So I think that it's – based off of the consistent project uh, progress, the projections and training camps and the, uh, the, the, the love the coaches have for him, they're going to feed this man as many times as they possibly can to make it work on that offense. And, yeah, I know that they – Jamal Williams was like the center of attention week one for, for the – or the episode one for Hard Knocks, but I, I don't think that he has any factor to DeAndre Swift's like, you know, being a vulture or anything like that. So that's the end of my take. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how to respond to it because I just, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a DeAndre Swift. I don't, I don't hate Swift him. I just, Ted, I'm taking him. <laughs> I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I, I don't see it at all. I, I think, <clears throat> not saying that he's going to lose his job to Jamal Williams, but you know Jamal Williams, they, they signed him for that reason. They're not going to just going to keep him, you know, chilling and cooling off on the bench. Um. I, he's going to be that third down running back. They also signed Justin Jackson, who, you know, we saw last year when he, when Justin Jackson got like a, an official start for the Chargers, he went off. Granted, it was against the Houston Texans, but, you know, still, you, for someone who doesn't play as often to put up the numbers that he did in that game, you know, do you, man. Uh, this team could run three running backs if they really wanted to. Don't think they will. I think maybe Justin Jackson will get like a snap here or there. Um, God forbid, you know, no, you know, obviously no, not wishing injury on anybody. So God forbid anyone gets hurt. Um, but I don't know. DeAndre Swift hasn't just really wowed me since he came out. And I love him in college at Georgia. He just hasn't granted. He's not in the best situation, but the situation I, I will say in Detroit is getting better on the offense side of the ball. They have a lot of weapons coming in, especially once. Jamison Williams, their rookie first round pick, gets healthy. And, you know, Amaron St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson. You know, I still don't think golf is a bad quarterback. He's a very average quarterback who can just get the job done if he needs to. Um, and they have DJ Chart, too, at wide receiver. So you have, you know, they, they, have, they have a core coming together, at least on the offense side of the ball. I just not stole yet on DeAndre Swift. But I guess, you know, this is, you know, how you were with, you know, Joe Mixon last year and DeAndre Swift can just come out and shut me up. Yeah, man. Somebody, I don't know what it is, but obviously, again, it doesn't matter if you're on a really bad team, but somebody has to, somebody has to be the guy, right? I don't know if Monroe St. Brown's going to do it. Obviously, Jamison Williams is not, is probably not going to play much this season. I'm sure he will. But obviously, coming off of the injury that he had in the national championship game, I don't know when that'll be. The coaching staff is taking it very, very slow. And then Hawkins. Yeah, they're cautious. They're being very cautious because they traded a lot to get to that man. Yeah. Hawkins <laughs> is probably not going to get a ton of workload. Um, I was very high on Hawk last year. Um, I think they're going to use him more of a safety blanket more so as a primary they're, they're gonna they're not gonna use him as kelsey they're gonna use him like yeah gronk like okay amandra st brown and jameson williams are covered all right cool hawk is over the top that kind of thing 
But I mean, Detroit's getting they're they're getting better. Thank God, because you know at at some point, like you start to feel really bad for him. But, but I think DeAndre Swift's ability they it may not translate to you know maybe five six wins, but for fantasy purposes, what he provides is gonna is enough for me as an RB one. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, okay, I'll let you start with seven. I was like, what number were you on? I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, my number. Yeah, um, yeah, no. Nah. I already did my Dalvin Cook rant for today. Uh, number seven for me is Joe Mixon. Okay, I have Joe Mixon at seven. Uh, it's obviously based off of last year's numbers. He was finally healthy. No Gio Bernard, finally for the first time in his career in the backfield. So this was his true test. Like, can you really carry the load? And he did it with flying colors. I think he had one game where he was out, one or two games, if I remember correctly. He was hurt and he didn't play. But other than that. Phenomenal year for Joe Mixon. Um, not too much of a PPR guy. You know, when, when you have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Tyler Boyd, and, you know, mixed, and, you know, last year they had C.J. Uzama, you don't really need your running back to catch the ball out of the backfield. You don't really, you don't really need to run um, any screenplays, if any, at that point. Um but, you know, I'll run through Joe Mixon's stats last year. Uh, first time getting anywhere near 300 attempts uh, on the ground, 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns, which was by far the most in his career, five more than his 2018 season where he had eight. He also finished with his second most receptions, too, as a player with 42 receptions. Like I said, um, he's not going to wow you in the PPR category. This is one of those – I'm not going to compare him to Derrick Henry, but for fantasy purposes, a Derrick Henry-like player, don't rely on him to get the receptions, but rely on him to get the yards on the ground, and then he can punch it in from like the one-yard line, which he did quite a few times this past year. So, um, yeah, for me, Joe Mixon is at number seven. <clears throat> I mean, that's fair, man. Uh, number seven for me is Najee Harris. Kind of the same things that you said before. I think what brings him down a little bit is just the fact of new quarterback, uh, less of an offensive line. New, everything is just new, uncertainty. The, the the whole division got better. Well, I mean, Cleveland weren't. I mean, we don't know what what the fuck Cleveland's doing, but when I mean <laughs> whole division. I mean Cincinnati and Baltimore, but. That is a team. It's just there's a lot of uncertainty in Pittsburgh, and I think, however, I will say that I believe that if Kenny Pickett plays for more than, if he is the majority starter for the season, Najee Harris will finish better with Kenny Pickett as the quarterback versus Mitch Trubisky as the quarterback. Okay, I think so because usually rookie quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks will find somebody. And that's their guy. I feel like that it, it, Kenny Pickett, the safety blanket, is the running back who can catch screens and will run for like, can average eight to ten yards a carry after that. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a pretty safe blanket. So I, I don't, I, I don't know if if it's Deontay Johnson that would be the safety one. I don't know if it's. 
what's the the titan's name I, it's a really long name and i can't I, i'm not smart so i'm sorry what was what was your uh, what are you trying to name pittsburgh's uh oh fryermuth oh pat fryermuth yeah yeah i don't know if it's him they just call him muth muth yeah and that's the thing outside deontay johnson i mean who's another guy in pittsburgh you know what i mean like they lost juju I will say the receiving core is going to sneak up on a lot of people. Calvin oh, Austin, George Pickens. Pickens. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that they're going to be a very sneaky good receiving core this yeah, year. Any dude. quarterback, yeah, Pickens. Any quarterback that starts, I'm telling you, they're they're going to have a very good receiving core this yeah. year. I'm I'm drafting Pickens easily. Oh, I, yeah, every finish, every mock draft I did, I took Pickens in the tenth round. Yeah, I'm like, that's uh, a great dude, ADP right for now, him. If you and I are neck and neck, I'm picking him ninth. Uh, you're not picking Pickens, or you're not picking him for me. <laughs> you're you're gonna make me reach, and I, it's actually gonna end yes. up working in my favor because he's gonna, gonna be that to, good. You're gonna have to go seventh round on him to get him above me. <laughs> I will take that to the grave. <laughs> and yeah, and and yeah, for people listening, it's I don't know why we were doing fantasy talk, and we're both in the same league competing against each other. We're basically well, we're, we're, we're basically unleashing. I mean. We're basically to... unleashing all of our secrets that we're going to probably try and use up against each other. <laughs> oh, we're just like bullshitting this to each other for you guys just for it to be like an absolute power move to do the complete opposite on draft day. <laughs> Imagine. I mean, that is a power move. Oh, man. Complete curve. Yeah, exactly. All right, so number eight. Um, number eight for me is Joe Mixon, so, I mean, kind of going with some of the things you kind of said, I, I'm going to keep him at eight here, because kind of after this, it does really start to dive down as far as true RB1, like, I think you got, like, elite RB1, or, like, high RB1, and then you got low RB1, low RB1 is, like, it could be an RB2, but, like, I wouldn't draft him, like, first round RB1, does that make sense? Like this is Joe Mixon yeah. is your guy that you can get at like one nine one ten, and be okay with. Um, again, kind of the, all the things that you had said before. Uh, the Bengals are obviously getting a lot better, and because of that, and the offensive line got a lot better as well. Mixon's ability is going to take the load off of Burrow, which overall just helps the helps the team just you know be better in general. So kind of easy explanation on that. Pretty much. Um, for me at eight, this is where I, I put DeAndre Swift at eight. Okay. So we're um, only two off. You know what I mean? Like I had him six, you had him eight. You know what I mean? We kind of just flip flopped a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they, at at the end of the day, he is their number one running back on the depth chart on a team that they may run the ball a lot because the receiving core still kind of young. Um, you know, Dan Campbell's a very ground and pound type of guy, so it wouldn't shock me if they ran the ball. You know, maybe 51, 52% of the time. Um, but pretty much everything you said, you know, you're very high on DeAndre Swift. I'm kind of, eh. Uh, I was actually tied between him and Alvin Kamara at this spot. But like I said, I think Kamara, I moved down a little bit because, you know, we have a, there's a suspension pending that we don't know what's going to happen. So it wouldn't be right for me to put him, rank him so high when you may not get a full season of Alvin Kamara. Right. And the fact that Mark and Mark Ingram's back too in New Orleans, so it's like you got that. 
not that not that he's the same Mark Ingram as he was when he was first with New Orleans, but like you know, you yeah. still have a running back who's gonna get touches. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um. Oh God, dude, we've been oh, we were at forty eight minutes of this already. We only went through like one round. <laughs> I, I mean, it. we can just we. I mean, these next these next few running backs, I guess we can just kind of. You know, we can go five at a time, and then if there's one that we may not agree with, we can just either ask ourselves why or explain why. Yeah, that's true. We could definitely do that. I guess I'm here on out because we do have, um, you know, team captains coming up next. Dreaded QBs, where do you draft them? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. Um, so after here, I'll just kind of go in a group with it. Uh, number nine, I've got Nick Chubb. Number 10, I've got Aaron Jones. Um, number 11, uh, this is where this could – obviously, this depends on a lot of factors. Uh, number 11, I've got Saquon. Okay. Uh, number 12, I've got Alvin Kamara. And the only reason I have Saquon over Kamara is, well, I don't know what's going to happen. With his suspension thing. Like, I'd hate yeah. to draft a guy. And they said that there's a possibility it could get postponed in 2023. We're not really sure. But uh, Saquon, they said, has looked really good this all, it, 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 in training camp. Um, mm-hmm. Like, rookie year Saquon. Oh, okay. So, that's good to see. But their O-line still sucks. And Daniel Jones is still terrible. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm going with that. So, yeah. So obviously, again, to kind of recap, number nine, Nick Chubb. Number 10, Aaron Jones. Number 11, Saquon. Number 12, Alvin Kamara. And then I guess I'll just go to 15 just because I'm going to just be completely all over the place with that. Uh, yeah. Number- well, we go to 15. What's that? No, so we can go to number 15 and then um, maybe like 16 to 20, and then we'll cut it off there and move on to quarterbacks. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, obviously number 13 on the list, uh, Javante Williams had a lot, has a lot of high praise over in Denver. New uh, Now, this new system and quarterback is different for Pittsburgh because new system here is Russell Wilson. Completely different. Makes the whole offense a hell of a lot better. Let Russ cook. Yeah, exactly. Let <laughs> Russ cook. Uh, for me, number 14 on this list, uh, James Conner. Um, there's really – there's there's no – there's no other competing running back over in Arizona. Like, this is pretty much his, his thing. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, again, could be wrong, but I believe – James Conner finished last year top three running backs who had a touchdown in the red zone. Um, also, red zone efficiency finished top three as well. At least for the first six games of the season, James Conner is going to get a hell of a large workload because Hopkins is out. Those first six weeks, he, he could be top five for our, for running backs in PPR format. And number 15 on this list, man, um, number 15, I'm going to go Leonard Fournette. Okay. 
There's no Ronald Jones there anymore. Thank God. That dude, <laughs> that dude was awful. Absolutely awful. He was just hurting Leonard Fournette's ability and his opportunities. Um, offensive line obviously took took a hit. Uh, Leonard Fournette, though, the one thing that hurts him in PPR, he's not a very good pass catcher. Not at all. I just got brick hands. So he's going to be the – but I have heard and I've seen from Tampa Bay Times down here and all those sports outlets is um, – B.A., uh, well, before, obviously, and now Todd Bowles and company, um, they are working with uh, Fournette to basically be the guy on third down situations for screenplays. They're trying to get him to be a more, not like as a pass catcher, but to have that option to basically. Uh, a complete running back. Exactly. be the Because right now there's no. Behind Leonard Fournette, there's really not a pass-catching running back. So they basically are working with what they got. True. You know Brady loves to just have those little outlets right there. So if they can work with Fournette to get him ready for the season to catch those passes, then that could you could have yourself a, a, an actual a, a sleeper. Oh, breaking news, by the way, For now we're talking about running backs. Uh, Pete Carroll has announced that rookie running back Kenneth Walker is undergoing a procedure, quote-unquote procedure, and the team has said it is not a sports hernia. No timetable on the return. I called it right before we got in the air that he was dealing with something. So, um, All Okay, so kind of like to speed it up a little bit. Uh, Dan, why don't you work us through your 9 to 15? All right, so at number nine, I got AK-47, also known as Alvin Kamara. Um, I call him AK-47. <laughs> Andre Kurlinko? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. I've always called Alvin Kamara AK-47. I don't care if his jersey is number 41. He's 40. If you, if you pull a little line on top of the one, it counts. <laughs> um, number 10, I have Javante Williams. Number 11, I got Aaron Jones. Number 12, I have uh, Lenny, playoff Lenny Fournette. Uh, 13, I got James Conner. 14, I got Nick Chubb. And number 15, I have Cam Akers. Okay. Um, Cam is a guy that I had kind of at the, around that 15 mark. I think he's going to really flourish this year. Granted, I've Crossing our fingers, this man stays healthy because this is one of the most electrifying running backs I've seen in a very long time. We saw his rookie year. He just took you know, the minute they gave him any playing time, took it and ran with it, no pun intended. Um, obviously, last year, unfortunately, you know, he suffered his tor- torn Achilles, but you know, he was a freak athlete. He actually ended up coming back the back end of the season. He actually ended up getting a few touches. Um, so it just proves uh, what a pure athlete he is. Uh, James Conner at 13, like Marcus said, uh, this guy, I think he, I, I think he was sniffing like 20 touchdowns. something ridiculous. Yeah, I think like, it, was, he, it was something he, close to that. Yeah, and I should know I had him on one of my teams last year. Um, Javante Williams I have at 10. I know some people may be like, that's a little too high. I just ask you to go watch the tape from last year, and then he's carrying it over to this year with a better offense, better quarterback, better system. 
you know, it's all the writing is on the wall for Javante Williams to have a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a really good year. Um, Chubb, Chubb, I have a little bit lower than what most people may have. I'm not having 14 on my list. I think the subtraction of the offensive line is going to be a problem for him. I also believe, too, Kareem Hunt is, old, Kareem Hunt is still currently on that roster. I'm not sure if he's going to hold that like he says he is, but Javon, he's, Kareem, William, Kareem Williams, well, Kareem Hunt is still on the roster. Um, they also have a Dearness, uh Johnson, too. Uh, they, have, they have a lot of running backs in Cleveland they can use. Uh, Nick Chubb is also someone else, too, that has a little bit of an injury history as well, so you want to always keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, like to speed things up, Marcus, I can do 16 through 20, and then we can um, have you do 16 through 20. That's cool, man. Let's, let's rock and roll. All right, so, uh, uh, so at 16, I have Saquon Barkley. At 17, I have David Montgomery from the Chicago Bears. Okay. At 18, I have Ezekiel Elliott. At 19, I have Brees Hall from the Jets. And at 20, I have Travis Etienne Jr. from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Um, Saquon, I, I would love for Saquon to just come back finally to his full form. Uh, one of the best college running backs I've personally ever seen, besides Reggie Bush. Uh, it's a shame that injuries have derailed his career to the point where it is at now where he's just a Shell of his former self. No disrespect to him. Mm. It's just unfortunate. Very unfortunate circumstances for Saquon Barkley. Um, David Montgomery and Ezekiel Elliott, I have kind of in the same class of boomer bust. David Montgomery, we saw last year, he started kind of getting, you know, finally getting into like the the guy that we've all been drafting really low to see the sleeper pick. And he's finally starting to pick it up a little bit. Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Marcus, I mean, you, you, you see it firsthand as a Cowboys fan. The, the production is dropping at a pretty alarming rate, and Tony Pollard is taking full advantage of that. Yeah. And there's a, there was a few games where Pollard, Pollard, Pollard um, out-touched Ezekiel Elliott last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, 19, I put Brees Hall. You, know, you, can, you can say it because he's a Jets fan. Once again, watch the tape. It is the it is, it's on the tape. They don't call him the wrecking ball for a reason. Him and Michael Carter are going to split time, but I think Brees Hall is going to be a fantastic fantasy running back this year. Uh-huh. Travis Etienne Jr. at twenty. Um, last year, obviously, he missed out because it was twenty CL. I this is going to be one of those very good PPR guys. He can catch. He can run. He's got his cogs running mate Trevor Lawrence right beside him. I have. Very high expectations for Travis Etienne as a professional ball player. I expect him to be maybe in that 900 rushing yard range, but I do see a lot of receptions coming his way and a lot of pass catching opportunities. So that's why I put Travis Etienne at 20 because he already has that chemistry with his quarterback without even playing snap because, you know, they played together at Clemson and won a natty together. So mm-hmm. I have Etienne at 20. Um, that pretty much rounds out my list. There's other running backs, obviously, that I have written down. These are guys that you can just kind of, you know, gather as you go. You have guys like Josh Jacobs, J.K. Dobbins, Damian, How- Damian Harris, um, Devin Singletary. 
guys you can draft much later on as for for depth purposes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so for me, man, um, number sixteen on the list is uh, Zeke. For me, um, he played with a he, he had a uh, I would say significant knee injury, but he did play through it. I believe it happened around like week five. You did see his production drop a ton after that it happened. I'm hoping for a healthy season from him. But as you mentioned, Dan, uh, his numbers have, you know, his amount of carries have dropped, his yards have dropped, overall usage, and Tony Pollard's taking advantage of that. So I feel like this is the year that Zeke has to produce or there's a chance that he's not the start of the following season. Um, yeah, um, it's or they may seriously consider trading him. I, the only reason I say they won't trade him is just because of the cap, the cap pit that's going to go against him. Well, I think you guys signed him. To, you guys signed him to a stupid contract. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, <laughs> no, yeah, no, not take it, man. Uh, number seventeen on my list is Cam Akers. Uh, Cam Akers had a pretty bad injury last season too. Came in at the end of the season, right towards the playoffs. It shouldn't really impact him in week one. Um, as far as it's really hard for his, you know, uh, to kind of put Acres above some of the guys that are above him. I think it's pretty safe that Cam Acres is going to finish around that, like, 13 to eight, 18 range. Cam Akers is an RB2. Uh, Cam Akers is somebody you could get in the third, fourth round. Nothing really to kind of, like, reach for or kind of – you know, where should I get him? It's a pretty safe bet around that. Yeah. Um, number 18 on my list, Travis Etienne. Um, I'm just, I mean, down here in Florida again, man. Uh, re- reports around here. I mean, I somehow I know Jags fans down here as well, but um, from what they, from what I've, they've been hearing too is he is going to be essentially the bell cow for them. Now it's Jacksonville, so it's like, you know, a bell cow for Jacksonville. But a bell cow is still a bell cow. You, they get a ton of opportunity, get a huge workload, a lot of opportunities. He was out last year with, you know, with a knee injury. It was an Achilles. 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 Um. So. Wait. Uh. Wait. What you talking about? ETM. Yeah. Oh, he tore his ACL. ACL. Uh, so, I think that you know, obviously, the chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. You know, hey, that's my that's my old college college teammate. He's going to get first looks. Offensive line's also not going to protect Trevor Lawrence very well, as the you know the escape goat. Look at your running back. You let him do his thing. Um, number nineteen on the list, David Montgomery. I'd honestly would have him lower like much lower if the competition below him wasn't as bad as it is. The Bears just are terrible. I think the person, I mean, outside of fantasy football, I think the Bears are the worst team in the National Football League right now. Um, they're pretty bad. Uh, there is, a, I, I believe the Bears are going to be, I mean, they're going to be a top three draft pick team next year. I, I don't see them doing very much. Um, you can only do so much with running back if your offensive line won't protect. Only do so much when the quarterback isn't doing very well, but that also depends on the you know offensive line. 
And then if your defense allows a lot of points, guess what happens to your running back? You don't get a lot of touches. Uh, David Montgomery is a guy that I'm not I, on my do not draft list. I'm not drafting David Montgomery. I, I'm, I'm not either. I just I have him ranked not, where he is. But Yeah, I'm not touching him. Like, I don't care if he's in the sixth round. Like, David Montgomery could literally not be there. And I'm, I'm that's cool. I'm not t- taking him. Just no value from there. It, it, there's just really not. And obviously rounding the top 20 on that list is Brees Hall. Uh, Brees Hall, you know, a lot of positivity, a lot of great things coming from the Jets this offseason. A lot of great moves, drafts, um, morale from the quarterback situation. Ha ha. Um, but, yeah. uh, by, by the way, too, I did see, Dan, kind of a side note, I did see that uh, Joe Flacco is projected to start week one against the Ravens. I don't want to talk about it. So, I mean. But Brees Hall was the number was the number one running back coming out of this recent draft class that was there. Um, Jets got a steal, got him in the second round. We'll see how this kind of transpires. And I do think that he is obviously has better opportunities, higher workload, et cetera, et cetera. And typically when a running back, a rookie running back gets drafted as high as he is, rookie running backs for some reason the first season always do – pretty decent it's their second year that's always the problem but rookie years is the ones that they do really well like Leonard Fournette Ezekiel Elliott Saquon Barkley um just typically have done great so uh Brees Hall I think has been going into fourth beginning of fifth which if we're looking for an RB2 around that range go for it I think yeah I think that's really good value that's tremendous value So, that's amazing value. I, I'm not going to go to the rest of this list here, Dan. I think for running backs, what we can do from here on out, um, pick three guys. Obviously, sleepers are guys that we didn't mention. Pick three guys that are sleepers and three guys that you stay away from, um, not including David Montgomery. <laughs> so, um, so we you want me to start with sleepers? Yeah, yeah, start with sleepers. All right, um, sleeper for me, um, the first sleeper that I have is Rashad Penny. Uh, Rashad Penny, uh, and I'm I'm, const- I'm defining sleeper as people that can you can snag eighth round or later, maybe maybe even like back end seventh, just like for depth purposes. Uh, Rashad Penny definitely on the list for number one. Um, number two is Dalvin Cook's little brother James Cook from Buffalo. I think he I, I've uh, all the camp reports I've seen from him. Uh, they're basically saying he's just as electrifying as his brother. Um, so that's something to be really, really excited about. And number three for me is actually a shocking one. And I'm not sure if you're going to agree with me on this, but when healthy, he's been very productive. And I think you can probably get him in the last two rounds. And I'm going to go with Texans running back Marlon Mack. Okay. I think if he gets the touches and he stays healthy, if you, if you can get him at the back end of your fir- of your draft, and he gives you maybe around 850 rushing yards with like maybe six, seven, eight touchdowns. Tremendous steal. I think he's going to have a very good year this year. But like I said, he's always hurt. And I'm, I'm praying for him. I'm praying for him that he's healthy and, you know, touches, 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 touches. Okay. So, you know, to recap the sleepers, uh, Rashad Penny. Dalvin Cook's little brother, James Cook, mm-hmm. 
and um excuse me uh marlon mack okay so my three sleepers um first i'm gonna go chase edmonds out of miami chase edmonds right now is being projected to be drafted in the 10th round um, anytime you can get a guy who is more than likely the starter day one in the 10th round for running back take him mm-hmm. just just take him if it doesn't work you gotta you can figure <laughs> take that it out. and run yep take it and run. <laughs> uh number two on my list um this is the, so from what I'm seeing in reports and everything like that, this is supposed to be the guy who is supposed to start day one or is projected to be the starter in Houston. And that's Damian Pierce. Uh, Damian Pierce yeah, is the, being the rookie, third round rookie. Yes, third He's round a, rookie. Yeah, the rookie. Uh, right now being drafted at the ADP of 137. Uh, so end of th- middle to end of the 13th round. Again, if you're the start, if you're a starting running back. For any of the 32 teams and you get them in the 13th round, you have yourself a, a diamond in the rough. If it doesn't work in the 13th round, you've wasted no pick. I, I think that that's fantastic value for him. I feel like there's no wrongdoing with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, my my last one, um, I don't know why he's not getting a lot of as much love as he is. But um Cordell Patterson. You love you love your Cordell. I think do I think Cordell Patterson this year I mean he's he last he was the he was top he was the number seven overall running back in PPR last year, right? There has been no Yeah, yeah, tremendous has, year. There hasn't been a lot of reports saying that they're taking away touches. There hasn't been a, a a competition for running backs between him and like Damian Williams. There hasn't been a hasn't been like anything saying, oh well, Mario is going to pass the ball a lot more. There hasn't been <laughs> said no one ever, huh? <laughs> said no one ever. Yeah, Mario to pass the ball more. <laughs> but but there's there's nothing coming out of there. So they're still saying that like he's going to be the guy there. If I don't, if I'm not seeing anything from any like beat reporters or any of the high guys or anybody fans who, who like does fantasy football stuff, it, you're getting the you're getting the guy who is an, who was the number seventh running back in PPR last year in the, ni- the at the end of the ninth round, like to me again, that's a steal right there. I, I mean, again, if you're no, it is. The, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And you get it if you get anything close to his production value from last year, great. If you don't, you're not wasting a high value pick. You know what I mean? At, at, after from pretty much from the ninth round on, you have to take flyers. This is a guy you can take a flyer on. But um, I will start with um, my stayaways, or you know, stay stay away from these guys. Um, again, this is outside of David Montgomery. Uh, the only reason I'm putting him here is because of where his ADP value is. If you watch football, listen to anything, you should know you're not going to pick him anyways, but I'm doing it for the sake of purposes. Uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, right now, Antonio Gibson is practicing with the third, team, the third string running back spots and or the special teams, uh, the, the punt return team. I was about to say that he's not even running with the first teamers or second teamers. Yeah, his yeah, uh, Antonio Gibson's ADP right now is forty nine. So, 
uh, unless something changes here. And I only say that because obviously there are people who like to be like ADP, you know, galores. They like to look at that ADP. They like to ride or die by it. No. Stay away from it. Um, Stay away. Exactly. Uh, number two, uh, Miles Sanders. Um, not not a fan of Miles Sanders at all. He is definitely overrated. Um, this this offense is going to be a if it runs, it runs through Jalen Hurts. If it passes, I mean they got they just signed a massive deal with AJ Brown. They still have Devontae Smith. They still have Dallas Goddard. Ogre. Yeah. <laughs> Goddard. And and Penny Gainwell was taking a lot of first team snaps. So Miles Sanders ADP is at seventy. No way. No, I, no way. No way. If I'm, am I looking at that? Oh, sorry. And uh, finally, um, on this list as well, dude. I, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say. I'm gonna go with Josh Jacobs. Really, contract year too. Contract year. Um, Zamir White is getting starting is getting reps with with the uh, with the ones. If you're in a contract year, and on top of that, if you're the RB one, and you're getting reps on the Hall of Fame game, that is a red flag to me. That is contract year, and you're getting you're getting not like little reps. You got like two whole quarters worth, <laughs> like that. You got a whole half. That's that's a problem. I, I feel like going into it, Josh McDaniels is kind of going, all right, well, hey, Josh Jacobs, I need you to prove me wrong. Otherwise, I'm putting Samir Wyatt as my day one guy. Uh, <laughs> hold your horses on it. Let's. Uh, I don't feel Josh Jacobs' ADP is 48 right now. You can get – I would at, basically at the position right now, even as low as he is or a couple rounds later, I would feel better drafting guys like A.J. Dillon – and Tony Pollard over Josh Jacobs. And those guys are the backups. But I know that those guys are going to produce. Yeah, no, very good points. Um, <clears throat> huh. I have one. I have two in mind. My third one's kind of out there. But um, so my first one of um not drafting i'm gonna have to go and say um elijah mitchell from the san francisco 49ers i feel like the 49ers always shuffle between running backs and they always find one that they end up running the whole season with and it's never the starter that comes into that season it's never the start it's always the second or third string hell even the fourth string guy will get like reps um down the season. So I always shy away from San Francisco running backs. So <laughs> um, prove me more. Prove me wrong. Uh, a lot of people are drafting Elijah Moore pretty high, or Elijah Mitchell, excuse me, pretty high. Um, not going to be one of those guys. Um, I, too, next... We don't know what kind of scheme or offensive style they're going to run with Trey Lance as well. Very true. Um, but the way that I've been seeing in camp, they're just letting Trey Lance sling it down the field. So Looks like a pass first to me. Um, second one is James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Um, some people are very high on him. Um, last year, he kind of fumbled the bag a little bit after, you know, a dominating first year as a, as a starter. And, you know, you have – obviously, you have Travis Etienne coming back from injury. That's going to take a significant amount of touches away from James Robinson. Uh, James Robinson's ADP, um, I've been seeing it at 38. James Robinson? Yeah. Okay. Um, far too high for me. That that's a that's a stretch. Yeah, <laughs> that's a stretch. Um, that is definitely do not even bother. Don't poke it with a stick. Don't get near it. Put your mask on. Uh, keep walking. Like it's not. Don't don't even <laughs> don't even bother. Yeah, that's um, that's crazy high to me. I draft Kenneth Walker yeah. higher than that, and I would and I know with the news that just happened now. I would stash him. Uh, my third one is Melvin Gordon from the Denver Broncos. Uh, 36 is his ADP as of right now. Way too high. I don't really – I think they're trying to shy him away from the offense for the majority and give Javante Williams a lot of the touches. Granted, Javante Williams last year you know, earned it, mm-hmm. had, some spot, had some spot starts um, midway through last year. And, um, mm-hmm. you know – it's not really much I can say about Melvin Gordon. Uh, Melvin Gordon has just declined every single year. He's not the fantasy running back that he once was. The Chargers were very right and quick to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. They got said a super high ADP. Um, he was drafted in the fourth round in one of my uh, and uh, one of my mock drafts, and I'm like, what the hell? Now I'm going to ask you one more thing before we kind of cut it off here because we're closing in on the hour and a half mark. Um, obviously, one thing with running backs, handcuffs. I'm gonna name you. I'm gonna name a couple guys here. You tell me which. You tell me, kind of in the order you you would get them at. Okay. Okay. Uh, AJ Dillon, Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard, or Alexander Madison. Um, Dillon one. No, I lied. Pollard one. Dillon two. Madison three. And then four, um, what's his face? You said Kareem Hunt, right? Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Kareem Hunt four, only because, like I said, there's threats of him holding out and all this other stuff. I, right. I'm not, like I said, yeah. not not touching it. Not you know, wear your mask. Don't touch it. Don't poke it with a stick. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> yeah. I um, and honestly, and Dylan and Pollard, I would say one A and one B. You can't go wrong with either of them. Yeah, I feel I, I'm kind of I think I'm on the same boat as you with that. Um, I, feel, I obviously personally to me, I'm a huge Alexander Madison fan because I've I've handcuffed him for multiple years. And every time Dalvin Cook goes down. While I don't obviously like to see anybody get hurt in at all, I'm like, oh, God. Here comes not again to save me to save <laughs> my season. And people, I won't even draft. I, I won't even. I'll draft Madison without even having Dalvin Cook. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just kind of the way I am. Like I'll draft him, and I'm like, well, he's not playing, so he'll just sit on my bench the whole season. And then, because I know that there's a time period when that happens, and I'm like, there he goes, there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, what? All right, guys. Hey, we are at an hour and 20 minutes of this episode, so we are going to cut it at here. Um, 
we running backs were we went way in depth with it. Uh, we will do uh, quarterbacks for our next episode. Mm-hmm. And um, next Wednesday. Yep, next Wednesday. So yeah, guys. Um, on that note, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you later. Adios.